My name's Terry. Welcome to the Oddscast. Welcome to the Oddscast. Anything more? Welcome to the Oddscast. And welcome to the Oddscast podcast. I'm Delio alongside Joe Delera, producer Corey. Terry takes everybody on board here. It's the Pro Bowl episode, I guess, is what we could call it. Is there a Pro Bowl episode? No. I, yeah, well, I actually I don't know get, the answer to that. I have no idea. <laughs> you get elected to the Pro Bowl, but there's no actual game. You well, get elected. So to it's the Pro really Bowl. the best year to be elected because this year players don't have to come up with an excuse not to go. Do yeah, they use they Do they use mail-in ballots for Pro Bowl elections? I don't know. Um, but I'll have you know we're investigating that in all jurisdictions necessary. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they don't count the it. week. Uh, make sure they don't count the week 16 and 17 stats. You know, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Super Bowl next week. Um, obviously, Chiefs Bucks. We could talk a little bit about what. Wow, I don't know if you knew this. Actually, you know, Terry, you'd be you'd be surprised to know that this is the first time that a team has played in their home stadium at the Super Bowl. I don't know if you've known that. I don't know if you've seen anything on that. Oh my God. I did first time in Super Bowl history. So yeah, the Bucs Brady has been to 10 of these. Wow. It's insane. He's uh can't believe it. (laughs) So right now the line sits at three, three and a half Kansas city. Um, you know, I I will say we're not going to preview the Super Bowl too much. We'll talk a little bit about the AFC NFC Championship games. I will say the only bet that I have made, and this will probably indicate where I lean. I have the only bet I have made at the Super Bowl is Patrick Mahomes MVP, which I got at plus one hundred. There was a DraftKings boost to I think it was like fifty five percent profit. Yeah, probably going to do that now. Actually, um, but to me, I lean Chiefs. I know Terry's got a lot of Bucks futures and congrats to you, Terry, for getting this far because you were on the Bucks even before they got Tom Brady. I remember you frantically trying to add more to your futures position as the rumors were coming in about Tom Brady signing with the Buccaneers. Um, so congrats. I don't know what your positions are, how you're looking at hedging, what you're thinking of hedging, but if you want to enlighten the listeners on where you're at with your bucks futures, because don't use the word hedge you. today, not today. That's disrespectful. <laughs> That's a trigger. Too trigger, soon. Too soon. <laughs> trigger warning to the hedge funds, hedge fund managers listening to, we, to the Oddscast. Sorry. Um, no, I feel good. I'm enjoying the moment knowing that I have, have the bucks futures can win some, win some good cash. Trying to figure out my hedging strategy. Would like to walk away with something. Uh, not ideal with the with the uh, the Chiefs being the favorite. Obviously, it would be much better if the Chiefs were the underdog. Um, but I'm not. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced yet if I want to hedge pregame or if I want to roll the dice and maybe hedge in the first quarter. Because I think uh, spoiler spoiler alert to next week. I think there might be a little slow start to the game. Mm. Hmm. Very, very interesting. Joe, where are you at with the Super Bowl before we talk about the AFC NFC Championship games? 
So I also uh, have a Bucks future, but it's nice because I have a Chiefs future as well. So um, we're in a good spot, but I lean the Chiefs and I will probably be adding to that position. Um, and I'm doing it in a couple different ways. I started a parlay yesterday. Uh, it was like two big favorites in NHL with the Chiefs money line. And I'll probably do things like that uh, moving forward to try to bring that money line odd, like those money line odds up. And I'll probably do it with more with NBA though. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm going to bet that Mahomes MVP too. I, I think the Chiefs are just better. And I think that really what's going on is that the TV and the news and whatever, like they just need something to fucking talk about for two weeks. They're trying to say that the Bucks have a chance here. And I really just don't think they do. You guys are, you're insane, dude. <laughs> fucking three and a half home dog. Doesn't have a chance. Get the get the hell out of here. So so are they adding any points because they're the home dog? Is that uh would, the, would this would this would this line be four and a half five if it wasn't in Tampa? I don't think so. Rayvon said that he's giving it like point two seven or something like that in terms of how much he's valuing it being a home game. And it's mainly just because of the travel. Because there's the fans are gonna be like corporate fans. They're not <clears throat> Bucks fans. So um, he he was saying like he doesn't really value it at much of anything at all. There's comfort, there's comfort in them being home. They're in home. They're close to all their local strip clubs. They they know the area. You know. There's Maybe be there's, there's point there's there's the first time ever. We we don't know how much points to put on this. You know, first time. And you're gonna bet against it. Yes. <laughs> okay you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna look so dumb betting against tom brady in the super bowl or, or, there's two well, quarterbacks that you just don't bet against i can't wait it, i can't yeah i mean one of the quarterbacks has a better winning percentage in the super bowl in this in this yeah. matchup so okay i'll leave it at that so we got a lot to talk about today this week has been just a um, really big news week just in general. We got NBA Top Shot that awesome. Terry and Joe will be talking about later. We got the Hall of Fame voting. Zero people elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. We'll touch on that. And then we have um, this hedge fund Reddit situation, hedge fund v. Reddit uh, situation that we'll t- chime in on a little bit too. But before we get there, and that's kind of just to give an overview of where this episode's going today. Um, we can talk NBA when we talk about NBA hot shot, hot top shot, hot shot. <laughs> oh, I'll, 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 throw, I'll throw the challenge out right now to anyone listening to this. I will kick your ass up and down a hot shot game, you know, basketball arcade game. I will wipe the floor with you. You won't come in. You won't come within 10 points of me. Wow. Come That's see me. You don't so, know what it looks like, but come see me. This is going to be kind of a free-form episode, given the uh, Super Bowl being next week. But those are just some of the topics that are on the way. But AFC-NFC Championship game, we'll start in the NFC because that was the first game. Uh, we'll do kind of just a where these teams are at, the losing teams in the championships. Uh, They're NFC home. Champion. They're home, Dom. I'm talking about for the future. We oh. have the Packers and the Bills. The Packers seem to be in flux. You know, Rogers comments after um, some some Wisconsin Green Bay beat writers who know Rogers and who know kind of the um, nuances of his interviews and just the the 
how the team and the relationship has been between the quarterback and, and, and the franchise kind of said that it was kind of an indicator that he was looking to move on. What do you make of Rogers moving on? Do you think that's going to happen? And what does that say for the Packers and Matt LaFleur um, in the immediate future? I know that Jordan Love was the quarterback, first round draft pick last season. Didn't play at all. Actually, it was the third string. Didn't dress a lot. But what do you think about this Rodgers situation and how much do you think Rodgers is, um, you know, holding up the short-term success of this team? Um, I think that a lot of this is Rodgers. I mean, I don't think if I, like, I think if Jordan Love comes in, uh, like I don't even know if they're going to keep Aaron Jones then, because I think you have to look at this team. I mean, they, I obviously have like a good line, like offensive line situation, but I don't know if Rodgers leaves, do you, pay your running back that's going to be a free agent or you just start rolling in with your rookie running back and aj Dillon. well i don't um, care about running backs so. yeah but, i don't really care no i think it, i'm just saying i think it matters in terms of their cap and like what they do in the offseason um but i did see a quote for about jordan love that i thought was fucking hilarious and they're like well he's kind of struggling throwing to stationary targets namely nets like he just can't hit a target so i don't think that they're the packers are really in a position to let rogers walk but um they certainly aren't and haven't been making decisions to make him to want to stay i feel well he can't walk yeah, he's under he contract. Two, he's under contract for two more years. Yeah, but you know how that goes. <laughs> they could trade him, and if he wants to leave, they probably will trade him because they've drafted Jordan Love. But I don't think he's going to leave because Lafleur should be begging him and doing anything for him to keep him because that whole team's success is based around Aaron Rodgers. Because Aaron Rodgers has been criminally undersupported by the Green Bay Packers organization for his entire career by not getting him weapons, by not, you know, putting him in position to succeed. And if you're a Packers fan, you should be ashamed of your team and your, and your ownership and your, and if you hold a stock certificate, you're part of the problem. (laughs) Fair. What do you think of, what do you, what do you think of LaFleur's decision not to go for it on, I think fourth and eight? Was it? egregious egregious there's just no way you give the ball back to brady and i know i follow this one guy cowboy uh computer on twitter and he runs all these <laughs> <laughs> well it sounds like a computer so how do you know his gender so uh well I, uh, that's a good point well cowboy i guess you would infer that it's a guy but i guess i shouldn't assume it's 2020 sports sports twitter account sport, sports twitter account or uh wall street bet trader Cowboy, <laughs> cowboy computer so uh but he, part of the metrics that he was running was just basically like it was bad it was a bad decision in the first place to not go for it uh on fourth and eight but then it was actually he, he was somebody was asking and they're saying it was actually even worse considering they needed eight points not you know not seven so it, it's just it, that was a disaster situation i don't know how you don't go for it and give tom brady the ball back where he really only needs to get one or two first downs to win the game. I, I think the analytics only had it at like less than a 10% change between. Yeah. A and a touchdown I, I don't need the two point conversion. What, but like, it's something to me that was so obvious just because the biggest part to me was even if they come up short, like let's say they throw it before the end zone, like at the four yard line and maybe a little button hook 
and like a pick play in front of it. And the guy gets down at like inside the five, you're then turning the ball over to the bucks anyway, at the minimum inside their own eight and backed up into the end zone. So to me, it's like, you're more likely to make a stop given the Buccaneers field position at that point. And, you know, yeah, they'll run out the, the timeouts and they'll punt and you'll have a shorter field to go. But it's like, at that point, to me, the field position was probably the biggest thing for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, if he felt, uh, oh, sorry. I was going to say like, if he felt that, like if he felt that they were going to need a field goal, they should just fucking kick the field goal with like four minutes left. And then said like, well, we'll get the ball back. Cause we think it's a two possession game. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I just don't understand. What? Why like, I just do don't get, I just don't <laughs> Why would you think. not try to score the touchdown? Why would you kick the field goal before that? He's I'm saying, saying he's, he's talking, he's talking and like highlighting the absurdity of not going for it at that point. Yeah. Like uh, I just don't get it. Like just fucking go for it. Like it's the championship game. You're like, you're, you need to get, you have to advance like three points. Obviously isn't going to do it. Uh, I feel like the Packers defense is great. So I think it, yes, it's easy to armchair quarterback it uh, today. But I agree. He probably should have went for it. Uh, basically, boils down to me is that I want the best player in the sport this year, or and possibly the best player to play the position over the past decade, uh, to have the ball in his hands uh, to help decide the game. Uh, and kicking a field goal with Mason Crosby is he still a kicker? I can't remember. Uh, is not is not the way to do it. So I would I would have given Rodgers the shot, uh, even though he threw a bad pass on third down. Real quick, been. real quick, uh, most fun Aaron Rodgers destination this offseason? Miami Dolphins, <laughs> the Lions. <laughs> the Lions would be interesting. Why would you like go a, there? That Just would be like a, a yeah. That it, may, it makes sense. <laughs> it's fun. I asked for the most yeah, it's fun. fun. Like, <laughs> um, but Detroit. How is anything about Detroit fun? You have Man Campbell biting people's kneecaps. Honestly, the forty the Forty Niners would probably be nasty. Forty like, Niners to me, like because there was always that storyline with the Rogers Alex Smith draft class, where the Niners had the number one pick, and how Aaron Rodgers really thought he was going to be one of the Niners. He grew up a Niners fan. That to me sounds like a good end of career type finish out your season uh, to finish out your your career kind of place where it's like you play where you want to play. Um, that, that to me seems like the most, uh, fun and the most, the one that makes the most sense. Terry and I have been talking about betting the 49ers, um, futures for next year in the Super Bowl with that in mind, but they're still only 15 to one. Like if they were, it's, it's pretty low. So not, not pretty, not, not very enticing. All the odds are kind of low right now. I was looking at them before. Yeah. they'll, They'll definitely, definitely, you know, fall a little bit. I don't, I don't recommend betting. For next year, Roger go to the Bucks and back up Tom Brady. Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> I win. Uh, yeah, imagine, Corey. Well, most most retired. fun. Like if they if the Bucks win, do you think Brady retires? No, no, absolutely no. not. Hundred percent no. He'll go to another team. Mark <laughs> what, what about the Saints for Rogers? No, it's too put together. Not fun. Not fun. All they need um, is a quarterback. That would suck. Yeah. Let's no. They'd fucking Sean Payton would bench him for Taysom Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick on the Bills, um, we talked a little bit 
last uh, episode and we made the comparison to the two teams in the AFC championship game before the bills that had a negative yards differential in the first two games they played and still made the AFC title game. Those teams were the, it was the 2016, 17 Jaguars when they were in the AFC title game and the 2019 Titans um, and this, t- this to me looked like a team that was right, right there. It was like a little too early. Like Josh Allen to me is not at the level, at least yet he's close to being a quarterback that can take a team to the Super Bowl. But the stupid fucking meeting a defensive lineman coming at him with a stiff arm and then rolling back another 10, 15 yards while he tries to fight off the guy instead of just seeing that and throwing the ball into the ground or like having a, an incomplete pass ready like the like Brady does. To me, it seems like the Bills are close. The big thing for me with the Bills and projecting them next year is whether or not Brian Dayball becomes the Texans head coach. Because I think to me, Dayball is kind of the reason you heard a lot of the analytics stuff that he was trying to push. It was the reason why they were so highly efficient in DVOA with his play calling. Warren Sharp loves him and in kind of this new pass first era of the NFL. But to me, it's like Dayball is probably the most important piece of this um, going forward. What's your, what's your take on the bills and whether or not you're going to load back up on them again next year um, to at least make a deep playoff run and at the very least win the AFC East. Uh, I think it depends on Dayball. I think, I hope he leaves as a Dolphins fan. Um, but I don't, I don't see why they wouldn't be the favorite to win the, the AFC East next year. Um, you have question marks in new England with their quarterback situation. What is Belichick a system coach under Tom Brady? Um, and then the dolphins, uh, people say there's question marks around Tua. I don't see them. I only see exclamation points. And then there's the jets. Who cares? They'll probably trade all of their picks for Deshaun Watson and every other player on their team, and then he'll be the only person on their team. Um, so uh, I, I I would load back up on on the Bills next year. I think I think they got they got the goods, especially with Josh Allen. Yeah. Joe, I, I agree. I think the Bills are going to be legit, but it, I think that Josh Allen will learn a lot from this year. But I am curious to see how they do with a tougher schedule next year, because they're going to be playing that first place schedule. Um, and one of the things that we talked about was that they weren't really beating good teams um, yeah. like at the back end of the season, like their wins didn't feel as impressive just based on who they were playing. So I'm a little curious to see how they stack up against that first place competition. And I, I do think that the Patriots might be, an intriguing pick again to win the AFC East because of how many guys that they're going to get back that opted out this season. So, um, and they're going to be playing the, what the third place schedule. So, or second place, whatever schedule it is, but it's not the first place schedule. So um, I think the bills will be good. I think they're going to be back in the playoffs, but um, I think that they're going to have a tougher challenge next year. Yeah. Very, both very good points. So we got the Super Bowl next week. Next week we'll have all the on our episode. We'll have all the props, our picks. Um, we'll, we'll, 
yeah, we'll, we'll we got a bunch. There's a couple props I like so far. I haven't bet bet them. I'm looking at them closely. Um, still trying to figure out the game script. I think that's going to be. But uh, like I said, I do lean the Chiefs. Terry leans the Bucks, and Joe leans the Chiefs as well. So we'll see. So we see where we end up next week. Let's take this time to switch to NBA Top Shot, the new hottest blockchain art, digital art um, program in the streets. I personally have not participated in this, so I'm going to defer to Joe and Terry, who have both been in on the Top Shot, been on the digital art um, renaissance. I want you to explain like I'm... 14 what the what is going on here i do have some you know blockchain art type knowledge just because i've, I've seen these types of things as a 14 year old i'm no, no, no. pepe cards yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying like right now um, uh, i i have uh, you know i i know the basics of like you know what digital art is and and how the blockchain verifies that you're the only holder of it but I want to ex- you to explain to our listeners directly who may not know um, these types of things what Top Shot is and why you're so excited about it. Joe, you're the resident NBA expert. So I, I'm I think the blockchain expert. So I think it's pretty cool. I'm just I'll, yeah. So I'll leave you the blockchain. You can explain the blockchain. No, aspect. I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I think it's pretty interesting. So there's this thing called proof of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it started in 2011 <laughs> with a young Asian man named. Look, oh wow, well, we don't know. We don't know if it's a man. That's yeah, true. So, uh, you know, what it, one of the things that's interesting about it is you can buy and sell moments. They're basically they're highlights, um, and they're tied to digital tokens. And you can use them to complete, you can make a showcase and showcase those moments for other people to see. You can group them together. You can buy and try, sell them uh, or gift them to somebody. Uh, and there's they're coming different uh, rarities, um, common, rare, legendary, ultimate, which have more limited sets. So it's kind of like digital trading cards in a way. Um, but one of the advantages to Top Shot is that it's being sponsored and supported by the NBA, uh, but and the NBA, which MB, the NBA has licensing deals for cards, generally with Panini. Um, so, but the thing that's different with trading cards and for, with Top Shot is that the NBA is actually getting a cut throughout the entire process. So, with trading cards, the NBA gets the initial cut from Panini, but they don't get any get or see any of the resale value. With NBA Top Shot, the NBA is getting a cut every time something is sold or every time there's a transaction in the resale market. So I think that that's important in terms of the longevity of NBA Top Shot because the NBA is going to want it because they're going to keep collecting uh, or gathering some sort of money from it. Um, So, And the way that you get a moment is you can either – you sign up, you can either try to get a pack, which has been difficult – uh, but if you uh, spend some time on there, you can keep refreshing, you can get some packs, or you can buy them on the marketplace. And each of these highlights or moments has a certain amount of 
uh, serial numbers associated with it. So some of them have 12,000 or more. Um, other ones ha- are more limited. They're, you know, 7,500, 4,000, 150, uh, and, and downward. So the way that you can kind of generate value, the higher number that it is, is usually the better, the lower number that it is, is usually better in terms of the value, but also, why are you excited about this? I think it's sick. Like it's yeah. More, where where's yeah, the where's yeah, the this is a fucking I'm tutorial one on one on the fucking <laughs> explaining. What I feel like is. I feel like I just signed up for a CLE class <laughs> on uh. Well, when there's less of something, it's worth more money. So let's let's use that knowledge as the backdrop to card <laughs> Now, all right. So I I just think it's sick because I love the NBA. You can collect moments of your favorite players. And they, you, you're not going to really, you can't ruin them because they're all digital. So, um, what, Corey? Is there a uh, Metal World Peace punching a fan in the stands moment? No, no that one hasn't that been. Comes out soon. I can't wait for that to come out. Issue so, fifty of those. There's and no way that they'll ever allow my money. to come out. <laughs> take my but money. That would, that would be. In. That would. I would sign up for that. I'm, I'm trying to think of like that. the best NBA moments. I'm like. hoping for like that. Paul Pierce getting carried off to go poop. <laughs> <laughs> Ewing's balls falling out. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good I one. Like, I just want a whole collection of flopping. That'd be there should great. be a there should be a balls collection pack, like yeah. time with, with the like, balls, like LeBron's with root. Lonzo. We, got, we got a nice look at LeBron's root one time, just like <laughs> accidental exposure. Yeah, but a locker I, room I, collection. NBA, I call me. Cool. Um, and the thing was too, like the majority of like the really expensive cards and like the top end trading cards, you don't even really see them in person anyway. They're usually just in vaults and then you trade ownership of it when you sell it. So this is kind of the same thing and it's easier to track. It's easier to sell if you don't want something. Um, and it's all guaranteed because it's each, each moment or each serial number of the moment is tied to a piece of the, uh, I think it's the flow blockchain. So um, it's, it's pretty interesting. I think it's cool. And uh, you can pick out exactly the moments that you want and just buy them uh, if they're available to buy. Yeah. No, well, I think what it's is cool. the number one, sorry, go ahead. No, go. The number one say, is, a, what is like, a LeBron James moment that sold for $71,500. Yeah. Which one is it? Like, what is the highlight? It's the, it's him doing the Kobe. Uh, it's like, he's like replicating the Kobe dunk on the, on a fast break. Um, and I think it actually sold for a hundred thousand dollars because there's been yeah. three sales at a hundred thousand dollars. Cause that's the max ask price that they have listed for there or that you can have right now. Um, but it was a LeBron dunk just, uh, like on a fast break where he was, it was after Kobe passed away, RIP Kobe. It's been a year and, um, and a day and a day or two days by the time this episode drops. And, uh, it was a cool dunk. So, but a lot of people are in on it. I know a lot of people that I work with at action are in on this. Um, it's just awesome. I grew up collecting cards as a kid and, one, these don't take up space. Two, you're never going to lose them. Three, you don't have to worry about authenticity. And it's just exciting. If you get a pack and opening it, what's going to be there? Who knows? Yeah. And then you can like, Harry and I are going to do his share collections. It's cool. Yeah. Corey, what? Two questions. Yes. Are you sure it's not hard to lose? Because I have a lot of passwords written down on various pieces of paper to my wallets. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's yeah. Not hard. Two, are you guys buying with USD or do you have to get? Cryptocurrency. Buying with a credit card, but they don't take American Express, which is bullshit. 
Yeah. yeah so I, yeah, when you you can load up, it's uh, it's through Dapper uh, is the the intermediary, uh, but you can that was load a startup up. of mine back in the day. But yeah, yeah. So you can load up your uh, your Dapper account with money from your credit card, or you can just pay per transaction. Um, and then you can sell your, when you sell moments, then they, it just goes onto your like credit there. And then you can rebuy things if you want. Can you withdraw? I haven't ever. No, it's like a sports book. Yeah. Have they like put up any of the, cause I would imagine like, you know, thinking just in general, like producer Corey said, the Rod Artest melee, uh, malice at the palace would be like an ex- a cool exciting moment to have have they gotten you know like lebron buzzer beaters in playoff games or like oh yeah some of the yeah so and they've got some like retro guys on there too like there's some amari stoudemire steve nash um, ray allen ray allen so there's some other chris Bosch on live, there. ray allen so i think as it as it grows, they're going to, you know, look back at some historical stuff uh, as well and do different drops for that. Terry, if, if there was an NFL top shot or a top pass, how much would you pay for the Dolphins um, final play where they did a million laterals and Rob Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski got juked at the end of the end. So $5 million without a doubt. I have a picture. I have a framed picture of Gronk reaching for Kenyon Drake just with his face in the ground. And producer Corey, how much would you pay if there was an NHL top shot for the Adam Henrique? It's over overtime goal doc emmerich uh play-by-play call against the rangers in the eastern conference finals firstborn son (laughs) yeah that's fair but i have a question yeah how do they look are we talking gifts or are we just talking stills no they're like they're my screen they're way we should be using i mean i'm i'm just thinking out loud here i think gift moments would be fucking awesome well, you can buy that shit. You can buy that shit on in crypto, in crypto land. You can buy stuff like that. But like this goes to like this just changes the entire like collectibles industry because other sports are going to do this without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not for twenty fucking it. years because they well, all yeah, suck. Baseball is going to do it fifty years from now. They'll never do it. Um, They'll be like, no, get your cards at Cooperstown, or they're not real. Yeah, but like yeah, even, the, the, the images are copyrighted. We can't. But, but we can't. Even, we can't do. even even past this, like it's going to be other stuff too, like. I don't know porn. Like you're going to be collecting porn moments. Yeah, I didn't think of that. that. uh, And then eventually, once we're in the singularity and we're downloading our memories onto computer, you're going to be selling your own memories to people. I feel like I feel like porn, like porn. We just we just went zero to a (laughs) hundred. Pornhub might try to buy Top Shot. I'm fully caught up. I didn't think that was accelerated at all. No, that's exactly what's going to happen. People should you know, be able you know, to buy my memory of seeing my first set of titties on Katie Morgan during yeah. Cornucopia. <laughs> Katie Morgan. Do you remember um, – well, actually, here. This is my idea. Do you think it would be cool to have, like, Tara, you said that you had, like, a framed picture of your um, Gronkowski eating shit as the Dolphins win. If you had, like, a – like traditional, like let's say you have a, a house and you want to put up like an art piece and you had like a digital, your, your like digital wallet of all these moments were like playing autoplay. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. And I, I, think don't so too. I don't know. I don't know. 
I when just we saw reach singularity and you're making your Sims home, you can easily do that. Yeah, I just hope show all your friends. Hope, just, just, just hopefully the simulator doesn't leave me in the hot tub without a ladder. I just true. saw this on Twitter though. Like somebody created um, like a viewing gallery. So like I don't know how exactly they did it, but I guess there's probably a way to make it um, in your home, like almost like those digital picture frames or something. Yeah, it would be yeah, like a digital picture frame. Like those. Yeah, and it's like a viewing gallery through it. So I yes. saw. It, I don't know what it. I'll try to retweet it somewhere, but um, it was for. Yeah, yeah. You don't know how to retweet. Like, we got to table that idea for uh, Me Museum sixty nine. Yeah, I think that this actually like I would spend a decent amount of money on something like that where it's it was really like cool. like a legitimate high definition like art picture that was connected via Wi-Fi to these systems. Yeah. I think we'll get top shot in there. Yeah. I know. I'm just saying if we, if maybe we can create and it. And and I think like there's going to be, there's going to be legit museums with it. The coolest thing. For NFTs and stuff. Yeah. I like it too. Cause like it shows besides just the clip, there's so much more information that when you get the, the moment about like the player, the highlight, the game itself that's from, um and so it makes it feel a little bit more legit it's like oh yeah like i remember that dunk but i don't remember anything about the game so it kind of fills you in and it's always kind of funny like when you see like a sick dunk it's like oh but they lost (laughs) yeah to me to me it's like i would want the playoff like buzzer beaters or like those kind of moments yeah like i got Lamelo's first assist which was sick um but like like anything like that where it's just like a first or I agree like a buzzer beater, it's definitely a lot cooler. I just can't stop thinking of Ron Artest now. <laughs> the fuck yeah. is make so one, just make a video, make a video and put it on Twitter and say that's your M, like NBA just top keep shot bombarding like, the NBA. Eat at them. That would that would be funny. Them. it'll go fucking viral. <laughs> that that would actually go viral. Please I'll do yeah. that while you guys go on to your next segment. Yeah, just <laughs> just rip that, just rip that from YouTube. Yeah, and just, and like, just fucking put, like said an NBA shot, top shot. This is it even um, on YouTube? It, it has is to like be. super strict of not wanting that. <laughs> they don't give you they don't give license to anyone to use it <laughs> just kind of forget it forget it never happened let's uh so thank you for the top shot i know that you'll probably be, be still tweeting about it and we'll maybe check in in a couple of weeks and see how the collection's going can't wait i wanted to talk a quick bit about the baseball hall of fame vote and where you're at in terms of who you would be voting for. I know that there's been a lot of discussions, obviously because Schilling didn't get in and he's got one more year to get in. Um, He reached 71.1% of the vote. You need 75% of the vote to be elected to the hall of fame. Um, There's a couple things I wanted to touch on. Um, One is that I personally like how much, and how big of a barrier there is for a baseball player to be elected to the Hall of Fame. Like, I, I never liked the, oh, well, the reason why this is happening is because it's too hard to get into Hall of Fame. Like, to me, Baseball Hall of Fame was always the coolest because of how hard it was to get in. Like, Fair. it was only meant for, like, literally, like, the legends of the sport. Yeah. Two, Bonds and Clemens are should be in, in my opinion. It's ridiculous. Um, not. I get so fucking mad. <laughs> Bonds Bonds ended up with sixty one point eight. Clemens ended up with sixty one point six. You know, enough has been said about the steroid era, but these guys were, you know, 
the head of the steroid era. Like it, it's the the talent and the longevity. Oz's head was fucking huge. Literally. Um, was undeniable, and they were like you know they were the legends for uh you know half a decade to a decade span there, and they should be in. Third is the shilling stuff. I saw that fucker Clay Travis at Outkick post this article about how like, oh, Schilling didn't get in because like he likes Trump. It's like, no, Schilling didn't get in because he was like retweeting stuff about how journalists should be hung. And hang, I don't hung like hang, hang, hung journalists hang. is not necessarily an insult. That's a journalist packing heat down downstairs. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. different. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know if Schilling knows this, but like the guys who vote for the Hall of Fame are journalists. So it's like You might not. <laughs> like, my fucking socks in there, let me in. And like I was actually looking at Schilling, like, yeah, he was like he was good, but like I, there's an argument to be made that he's not Hall of Fame level. He just had like that crazy peak when he was with the Diamondbacks with Randy Johnson, like that. And then he, oh, and then also with the Red Sox between like 99 through like 2005 he was fucking disgusting but like it was short it wasn't as long or i feel like as some of the other guys that are you know looked at as fucking legends as pitchers you know like i don't he never won a cy young which yeah surprising i think like i I don't know i feel like it's surprising because he was so fucking good but think about the other guys that were in that era it was like randy johnson roger clemens Patreon. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. What what do you guys take on the Hall of Fame? Um next year, if this wasn't enough, we have Alex Rodriguez and David Ortiz being now added to the mix for the discourse. So that should A-Rod. be fun. My boy. My <laughs> boy. I think that uh Buster only said something today and it was interesting. He was saying that like the Hall of Fame itself should look at the criteria that they set and then and then at that point they say, look, we are forwarding to the writers a list of people that we think are appropriate that pass the um like the character part of their examination and say like you guys just vote on the the rest of it because everything's so arbitrary but i don't i I don't know if that really works because the whole thing is like well you're gonna have an even smaller committee decide whether or not somebody from a character perspective deserves to be in the hall of fame or not um but Whatever. Ty Cubs in the Hall of Fame and he allegedly murdered someone and there's countless racists in there. Why do we even fucking care? Just put people in the Hall of Fame and the stupid like, oh, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer. Who the fuck cares? Mariana Rivera got a hundred fucking percent. Why? No, he didn't. He's the only player to do it. It's fucking Go. Go. <laughs> put, put the explicit label on this, Corey. Sorry. Always do, baby. No, but I, I, th- I just think that some of these guys like should be in. Like, I agree with that. Like, who, who gives a fuck we don't even know who else have you been to cooperstown literally who gives a fuck i have been to cooperstown yeah i have been. It's, uh, i had a great uh, time there it had nothing to do with the baseball <laughs> it's literally the iron i just get mad about the, the like, divorce dad fun. takes his kid when he has the weekend he's like this will be fun and the kid is fucking miserable the whole time that's what cooperstown yeah. is uh-huh. yeah cooperstown come <laughs> for divorce dads and miserable is it your weekend <laughs> Cooper Stout is this your weekend? That's all it is. You just see fucking miserable kids getting walked around in a hundred degree heat with nothing to look at but shit on a wall, and like you know they have a, I actually they have a cat family. problem. 
I actually have family in Cooperstown. My uh, my great grandfather and his uh, brothers, uh, they were the only professional all brother baseball team, uh, the Achera brothers, and they're in Cooperstown. Like residents of or members of? No, like it, like inducted into the hall. They're Good the for entire them. the entire team were brothers. Yeah. It's a lot of dudes. Yeah, the entire team was brothers. No, it's fucking crazy. Squad? That's why I have so many cousins. A lot of youths. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant they, they lived in Cooperstown. No, like they lived in actually, I just checked the historical population records, and the estimated uh, population in Cooperstown is 1,754 people. Interesting. So well, they, would, they would have been like a fucking quarter of them then. Jesus. That's, that's a significant chunk of the population, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, inducted in. Yeah, I mean, Schilling only had four seasons where he was a top ten in Cy Young voting. So I think there's pushback there. I think there's there's a genuine yeah. thing for him to to not have the credentials to be. And he's only got one more year left in the ballot. Like, if it was all about Trump and like cancel culture, he would have been in already. I think so too. I think he deserves to be in. I think yeah, he just talks way too much about journalists' penis. That's true. I mean, I think those top three guys should be in. It was like Schilling, Bonds, Clemens, and then the rest of the list, I agree. Like, I think that they were not in that, like, league, like, with the rest of the Hall of Fame. Does A-Rod get in? Yeah, but probably not the first ballot because you're going to do the first ballot thing. I think think they've done so much to repair his image that it's going to be... Well, he's, like, on every single... Like, he's on the the World Series broadcast. Yeah, he's in the media now. He's yucking it up with these people. Yeah, like... He's doing it the right way. (laughs) He's showing them that he's on, too. And he did, like, apologize for it, like, for the, like, the steroids, which I think is part of what the pushback... <laughs> I'm sorry. Is, which I think that, but I think it's part of, that's part of what the pushback is with Bonds and Clemens, is that they both were like, no, like, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. So, um, I, I think, I don't know if they're going to give him points for that, but he's definitely done a lot more to repair his image than the other guys. Yeah, but fuck the MLB then. Like, who the hell cares? Steroids weren't illegal, and they wanted to I mean. take them to hit home runs. So then they just pulled the rug out from under them and were like, yeah, no, fuck you guys. Yeah. You can't do steroids, you cheaters. No, I'm 100%. What are we going to do? It's like, oh, what about the guys that, you know, didn't take steroids and, didn't, like, and aren't going to make the Hall of Fame? It's like, what, do we want to put, like – 220 hitting you know like Juan Uribe in the hall of fame string of mediocre fucking players getting in because they didn't take steroids yeah yeah no it's fucking dumb it's fucking arbitrary and capricious and I won't have it yeah they're never gonna be cool enough for fucking crypto cards put them in all right real quick we'll touch on it the wall street best thing before we go into pods and recs um just incredible collective action like and just collective attention on this story right now um i want to get your thoughts on the market and the thoughts on this story to me there's like it's being carved out basically now that people are like the stock market's just a fucking joke like we knew that it was a joke and now this just says that it's a fucking joke like where was all of this desire for regulation Back in 2008, back when, you know, senators got coronavirus briefings before the general public sold all their stocks and, like, didn't see any repercussions for it. Um, So market shut down the fucking Reddit page. The the Reddit page wasn't shut down. It it was the Discord was shut down. And 
whatever. I'm too old to even know what Discord is. And the Discord was shut down not because of like market manipulation. It was shut down because of like the content being shared in it. So, you know. Is it insider information if it's fucking public? No. No, I think they were saying like other things. Like not No, that I saw a lot. It, this was more of the Reddit page. Um, yeah, there was a talking head down. who was flipping the fuck out who kept saying that. And I was like, I don't think that's even close. Who cares? You're right. You don't care about this story, Terry? No. Not at all. I you thought this was a gambling you, podcast. This Wall Street gambling. Well, this, there, part of the discourse, and I watched CNBC um, a good part of today, a lot, they were talking a lot about how like buying calls and these type of retail investors are basically doing sports betting. So right now I would like you to either, you know, you don't have to disavow what's going on as a sports betting purist, but that's what they're being lumped into. So if you I'd also tell say me like how this I, isn't sports betting, I saw a lot a, of them saying this is like just gambling, but how old are these people for the most part? Most of them are like sub 25, right? Yeah. Bored ass people. At least that's the storyline they're going with, which is fine. How many of them got their education from the fucking big short where they literally correlated everything to gambling? They're like, yeah, this is a risk, but you're going to do yeah. it. And like, yeah, it. that's what's happening. The game, like it's, it, the jig is up. We know what it is. I mean, it's just like kind of, it's fucking ridiculous. I mean, these companies, they like, and these hedge funds, they get in on companies before the general public's allowed to because they have like specific, special licenses. They jack up the prices at IPO and then they sell their bag and then the whole thing just dumps on the average guy that just goes and buys it because they want to have one or two shares of a fucking company that they think is cool. So well, the accredited like, the accredited investor rule is like the worst rule in, yeah, like, in all, these of, guys. On <laughs> all of the SEC. So I think the accredited investor rule is basically that like you have to have over a million dollars in assets to buy something. And yeah. it's like, that's literally just a gatekeep for rich people. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, it's over a million dollars and it can't be like not including your, your home, like your residential, yeah. like your, your house. You, you your have residence. to have like a million dollars of like liquidity basically to yeah. go into the market. Yeah. Look, is sports betting is safer than the stock market because sports betting is, um, Based in reality, that was, that was a long um, and you know everyone has the same information, and you can bet any way you want based on that information. You can take any angle you want, and you know the rule the deck the deck isn't stacked against you. Yeah, I mean hedge funds can't beat you in line to get a fucking cool cat's pack from NBA Top Shot, one each, one hundred percent. So we're in. <laughs> All right, let's Look go to pause versus SPY. <laughs> yes, definitely. Rest my case. Um, we win. Pods and Rex, let's bring it in. Producer Corey, how you doing? He's been here. I've time. been here pretty much the whole time today. I know. This is a much invited distraction. This is a good episode for producer. It's Corey. it's it's tradition. It's tradition. That's fine. Tradition. Um, last night in my quest to procrastinate to the you know next fucking level. I watched Eyes Wide Shut for the first time. Wow. Wow. If you're into... Um, I've actually never seen it. I have, I, yeah. It's a good Kubrick film where you're just like, what like is okay, happening? Is it about Asians? No. It's not about Asians. Okay. It was just... <laughs> that, <laughs> that's a reality show also on Netflix, but... 
Uh, that's not any, to, any, to, to any new listeners. Joe is Asian, so I <laughs> for you know I can't. Yeah, I don't for, want to get for racist reasons. I'm allowed to say it. I think. Right. Anyway, I, I I got it after I left. <laughs> anyway, it's about like if you ever want to see Tom Cruise try not to feel like uncomfortable around sex, it's an awesome movie because like. <laughs> He's I can't say that play. I've ever felt the need to. <laughs> it's. I didn't think I needed it, and then I watched this, and I was like, "This is fucking priceless." How did he get cast for this? This guy who like can't drink a beer correctly in a movie is now going to be like surrounded by an orgy and just be like walking on by. Thank God he had a fucking mask on. It probably wasn't even him under there. But the whole thing, it's it's like a very good thrillerish kind of movie. It's Kubrick, so there's like weird, weird shit all the time. But I like it. It's entertaining. Uh, probably like a hard seven point two out of ten. Would recommend seven point two. Bringing out of 10. it up. Cool, wow. cool, cool. Um, I'm gonna recommend. I, I got into last week uh, a. So I'm gonna recommend. I guess two small things in in the umbrella of one thing. Um, one is salary cap dynasty leagues. So if you're into fantasy, like single season fantasy to me is just like, unless you're in a a league with all of your buddies, keep it to one league, like it's fun. But to me, like if you want to actually concentrate on a sport. So for me, like the NHL, I watch it. Yeah, I bet on it. Yeah. But like, I really needed a reason to like dig deeper into teams, rosters and stuff. So I've been doing a dynasty league salary cap draft with one of my best friends co-managing a team gets a bunch of other hockey guys and it's a little it's it's fun it's fun to to do excel spreadsheets and yeah so (laughs) we had the second overall pick and instead of you know uh connor mcdavid went number one and then we were between like austin matthews and nathan mckinnon but nathan mckinnon signed his contract before like he blew up. So he's like $5 million cheaper than like the top tier guys. And he's going like number one, number two in the single season draft. So just some, some interesting stuff and hockey has like their average salaries are just their salaries without. So it's like a little easier to keep track. So like McKinnon is at like $6.3 million every year for the next five years. So it's a little easier to keep track than like having to, deal with increases in salaries. Um, And then the other thing I would recommend irrespective of your fantasy drafts, like if you have a group of guys that are paying attention enough, like before the draft, do a slow draft. So it's like you set like 24 hours for a guy to make your pick, but then you just pressure everyone to make their pick. So like we got the average time to pick down, like count, like not counting, like, midnight to 6 a.m like 48 40 minutes between each pick so like you can actually like think about like okay like project it instead of like panicking and like having like 12 minutes to come back to you and like make your pick in like 60 seconds so if you have it i like if you have a, a decent enough group in your leagues to do it even in your single season fantasy leagues you could do a thing where it's like you know the first like six rounds will be slow draft and it's like a big uplift to the league because you're talking about people's picks like in real time and not having to like just this clusterfuck of like 60 players taken within 10 minutes so yeah. those are my those are my uh, recommendations 
my recommendation is uh well number one tomato soup uh that's season right now um secondly go ahead and cross off soup to joe we hit got that. you uh, and then secondly, whenever you see a sports book tweet out a trend, just literally bet the opposite. Um, like a couple weeks ago, the sports books were, everybody was tweeting about how NBA dogs were on January 12th, they were 90 and 63. So 58 and a half percent and a hundred dollar better would be up $2,200. Since then underdogs are 41 and 54. So 43 and a half percent. And that same hundred dollar better would be down $1,480. So, uh, whenever you see a sports book do that, they're probably trying to get you to bet a particular way. So, uh, they aren't dumb. Uh, and I just do your own research. Like don't just follow a trend, especially when a sports book's the one telling you that it's making people money. Pretty cool, pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to recommend going back to the classics, you know. what You know, the music is good. Hip Like all the new music, all the kids listen to with the hip-hop and the dance and whatever they listen to. But let's go. What the fuck? Are that you? was almost a Bill Cosby impersonation, <laughs> and I won't have it. <laughs> I won't go, have it. Go back to the classics. I was trying and to the hipping and the hopping and then the jello pudding. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to the music. Uh I have a Bill Cosby sweater. Um, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Nothing from his medicine cabinet. Anyway. Q- QAnon's gonna um, be on our podcast. We are fucked. <laughs> yeah. Uh just go go back listen to the classics. You know, where the music came from. Like I was driving in my car and a Nirvana, a Nirvana song came on. I was like, damn, Nirvana. Haven't heard them in a while. And, you know, it was a great song, Breathe, off of Nevermind. I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to the whole Nevermind CD now. And I was like, man, this brings me back to like 12-year-old me. And it was, you know, it was a good trip. Good trip down memory lane. I feel more centered now. Thank you, for, uh, thank you for recommending 90s grunge. You're welcome. All right, that's it for this week's podcast. Next week, the Super Bowl episode, Chiefs Bucks. We'll have all of our props, all of the picks to make you some money so you can take down some hedge funds. I'm Don DeLeo, Joe DeLara, Terry Takes, producer Corey, signing off. See you next week. God bless. Ricky Fowler, going to win the Farmers Insurance Open. Or go the avocado. Secretary on the boss tonight And you don't give a fuck what they all say, right? Awesome, the Christian and Christian Dior Damn, they don't make them like this anymore I ask, cause I'm not sure Do anybody make real shit anymore? Bow in the presence of greatness Cause right now, that has forsaken us You should be honored by my lateness That I would even show up to this fake shit So go ahead, go nuts, go ape shit Especially in my pastel on my fake shit Act like you can't tell who made this new gospel, homie I don't know if you got a man or not If you made plans or not
I'm tripping this drink, got me saying a lot But I know that God put you in front of me So how the hell could you front on me? It's a thousand years, it's only one of me I'm tripping, I'm caught up in the moment, right? Cause it's Louis Vuitton dying night So we gon' do everything to kind like Heard they do anything for a Klondike Well I'll do anything for a Blondike And she'll do anything for the limelight And we'll do anything when the time's right Uh, baby you're making it Uh, baby you're making it Don't act like I never told you. Yeah. 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 